The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Never, ever argue with the Mullins, because now he is Black Belt Mullins. I knew you'd do it. Um, I know you do this uh, humble thing that you do, Kev, where you say, oh, I won't get it, I won't get it, and then you do. You're like you're like the annoying class SWAT that says, I won't I won't get an A, I won't get an A, I'll probably get a D, I'll probably I'll probably get an E, I might even get a U, and then you get an A plus. You know what? I, I said on Facebook that, that I, I'm I'm not often kind of big on telling people how proud I am of something, but yeah, yeah, we I am be. very proud of that. You That's, should be. Uh, you should enormous be enormous in my life. Did uh, did knowing that if you because you had to win three fights, didn't you? That that was the that was the I had that the was, last three fights I needed to win, yeah. Oh, hang on. So did you fight more that day? Yeah, so I'd already got 70 points, which is seven wins. So I only needed three more. How many fights uh, did you do that day? Well, I won my first two, which then entitles you to a lineup, which is right. three three more fights. And if you, you you have to win the first two. So if I hadn't won the first two, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to get the full 100 on the day. So they then give you another three fights. And I won the first fight. And you're then meant to carry on fighting for the next two, which obviously I didn't need to do at that point. So the second guy came out. And those three are one after the other, four minutes fights, one after the other, you, you stay on the mat. Bang, bang, bang. So the second guy comes on and he... Uh, <laughs> He just kind of looked at me. I looked at him. He knew I'd just got my 100 points. Um, <laughs> and I, I just kind of, we had a little bit of a, a rumble. Um, I threw him. He got me into a hold down. And I just whispered in his ear. I said, you can have these, mate. Because <laughs> he'll get 10 points for that. So you threw the, la- you that threw, was it. You I was threw done. the last yeah. one. Uh, right, I do want to know one thing, though. As you were going into the one where you knew you had to win to get 100 points, yeah. how, how did you feel? Were you like, I'm having you? Because you, uh, you were in South well, London, weren't you, as well? It was the, so yeah, yeah so the, the the irony of it was so the guy that I had first in yeah. that lineup, yeah. one who would could have given me my hundred points, was the same guy that beat me in my last Ooh. lineup in the third <laughs> fight. So right. in uh, November last yeah. year, I, I won my first two fights, then I had a lineup and I won the first two fights of the lineup and I had the third fight, which would have given me my black belt on the day. And this guy was there and I was just exhausted, like proper exhausted at that point. So, uh, you know, and also he was better than me on the day and I just, I just lost. So I never got my black belt on the day then. So I still then needed to do another three fights and it was him. So yeah, I beat the (laughs) shit of him basically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't going to let it happen that again. That doesn't sound very. That doesn't sound very judo respectful to me. No, the Fujicast. Not supposed to say stuff like that. It's all. It's all about bowing and respect and knowing certain words. <laughs> yeah, but it is also about fighting and fighting very hard. Yeah, well, that's true. So, yeah. Well, yeah. well done, Kev. Thank you. Well, look, there was a little round of applause within the uh, a small <laughs> yeah, couple of rounds of applause within the um, within the theme tune here. Well, welcome to the Fuji Cast. Here we are again with your questions from uh, Facebook and also from email. If you've sent them in, to click at fujicast.co.uk, we'll get to them. Or, of course, you you may. Uh, what's the? Because the last time we talked, Kev, it was looking a little. It was looking thinner than um, well certainly my hairline i can't speak about yours but <laughs> it was looking thinner than my hairline um yeah i think it... we got a few in which oh, is good. good it picked up good yeah. um i should probably re tidy up that post yeah because it's yeah 
bit messy, bit messy. Uh, not so much messy, but it's, it kind of indicates it's the beginning of 2021. Right. New year, new questions to the show, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll start a new thread. But yeah, we got some questions. And we had some through email as well, didn't we? So yeah, all good. A for effort, D for... Um, yeah, uh, for for application, uh, 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 well, I don't know, whatever. Um, also, we have we do have a book of the a book of the week, don't we? So, um, what have what have you been reading? What what have you been buying, Kev? We have got uh, Cafe Limits mm-hmm. um, by Anders Peterson. Nice. Or by Tom Waits, no doubt. Really? Uh, I know. Yeah. It's about, and, uh, well, it's yeah. We'll get to it. It's a really nice book. And Ali. Uh, we talked about her um, last time. She is our guest, isn't she? Ali Stuart Ross. She Ali is Stuart indeed. So, yes. um, so that that's uh, so it's a pack. It's a packed show. Kev, I don't know whether this has happened of of late to you, um, but um, have you noticed now that if stuff gets sent abroad, or, or rather, if you're receiving stuff from abroad, <laughs> um, <laughs> I got the other day. I, I, I mean, it was sent as a gift, and I've received it, and I've got a thumping bill with it. It's it's a used camera bag, <laughs> which has now cost me more than it would have cost, and I bought it new. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. It, it's absolutely insane. I, the same thing happened to me with the judo suit. I bought a judo suit. Uh, this was last year, and judo suit was, I don't know, 45 quid or whatever. It came from Germany, yeah. and it got to um, – they wanted 97 quid what? to bring it into the country. Yeah. What did so you I just, say? I ignored it, and they sent it back eventually. It's crazy. The world, the, the, this country is has made <laughs> it's broken Britain. It's broken Britain. Drastic mistakes in the recent past. That's yeah. all I'm going to say on that. We point. do. But, we yeah. we do now. Um, I've you know I've always. Where's said, it coming from? Where did the bag come from? It was from uh, United States of America land. Oh right. So you can't blame you can't blame the Brexit for that then. No 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 not at but, all. No I can. It, it was like um, it, and you don't get a choice. The raw raw send you a uh, just a message saying that the the customs charge is blur and you yeah. and you and you basically can't argue yeah they just <laughs> hold it hostage don't they <laughs> yeah. oh dear i mean it, from america it's always so i like i rarely buy stuff from america but when i do i double check that it's including mm. so depending on what they write on the yeah but you should be able to send but you should be able to send little prezzies backwards and forwards to each other you should but well yeah but why not I mean, you should, but it, it's weird, isn't it? Because if they think, you know, it's commerce, you know, you're bringing something into the country. It's it's the same as coming in from Europe now. It's just the cost of it all. It's a used camera bag. I know, but <laughs> what do they write on the box? Gift? Gift, used camera yeah, bag, then gift. it should come in free. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you don't know what they've written on the customs form. Well, they wrote gift. How do you know? Have you seen the customs form? No, I haven't, but he said he wrote gift. I'm believing him. There's no reason I, not to. I bet he didn't. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he didn't. If I get it and it says gift. I um, bet he didn't. I bet. <laughs> I bet he did. I bet he didn't. I bet he just wrote camera bag. Oh, do you think that's the problem? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I will give you... Uh, I'm, I'm going to write used diapers on everything I send from now on. Eight pence. <laughs> you am <if> wrong. <laughs> eight pence. Oh, but dear. also, if, if if it does come to you and it says yeah. gift, yeah. and you prove it is just a gift, yeah. then you, you should be able to claim that back. Can I claim double for the, time, for the time it took me? I want Can you more. Claim double for the time it took me. Cost me, yeah, cost, sure me, that works. cost me time to do this. <laughs> you yeah. owe me. Uh, yeah. Right, questions. Let's get um, into questions. Oh, before we do, a big thank you to pick-time.com 
for supporting the show. They've been with us for a couple of months now. Both myself and Kev use them as uh, as as a commerce gallery for selling prints. You sold an album recently, didn't you? So it's albums too, which are important for your business. They're important for my business too. I haven't started doing albums through them. Perhaps I should take a leaf out of your book. Well, the the, the good thing is I don't do it. The, the client does it. That's that was even your design. For it. Were you able to check the design first to just yes. to make sure that it was yeah? So yeah, you get all that, and you can choose whether you for things like albums. I don't. I get it sent straight to the clients, but you can choose to have it delivered to you mm. first if you then wish to forward it on, double check it all. And you can stuff. you can choose which um, which Lab. providers and which labs you use for your for your prints. Mm. I know that you've. You've cho- have you chosen Loxley now? I, I don't really take note of which labs they are, but I, I take note of where they are. Yeah. So when you're selecting your products, you can choose to have UK-based only labs, which is what I do to avoid all of this stuff we've just talked about with um, <laughs> in, in, in poor taxes and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you're, so if you're in France, it would make sense to use French labs. If you're in the UK, use UK labs. If you're in the United States, use United States labs. That's, right. that's yeah, yeah. my advice on that. Yeah. And yes, so you will get a month free using the code FUJICAST. I think quite a lot of people have taken it up, which is great, which is really good for us and also really good for you if you're using it. I will be in a uh, couple of weeks speaking to Amir and Narit, who are the founders of uh, PickTime. And it's a very interesting story, although we're not necessarily going to talk too much about the background of PickTime, but something that uh, might interest people in the future. It's always interesting to know how... Uh, how things came about and i'd like to just add at this point that both myself and kev um we don't get a freebie of that we believe we believe in it so we bought it and and yeah my, my subscription's up in a couple of weeks actually yeah we, ah, <laughs> is this why you had your conversation with them <laughs> yeah. don't, don't tell neil but any chance of <laughs> uh, no i'm still i'll still be paying for it don't worry right click um, this bit out send that to them <laughs> and I pay for the full whack as well, like the the HD slideshows, the you do. unlimited gallery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and on that point, for you know, for transparency, you know, it's not cheap. It's you know, it, it's an investment. It's you know, you're going to be paying a couple of hundred dollars for it. We've talked about it before. It's well yeah. worth it. If you're a professional photographer, or if you're just a photographer who wants to build gallery systems that look beautiful and enable people to buy your stuff. <laughs> We'll link to it on the show page today. Right. Who's going first, Kev? You uh, on- first of all, I'm going to say thank you to our latest set of patrons. Oh, yes, right. Um, so don't forget, you can also help us out on Patreon if you so wish. Um, and uh, one of the, 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 well, basically the only benefit of being a patron is you get the patron pop-up <laughs> show, which will be available immediately after this, yep. um, where at the moment we're going through reviews of things, we are. aren't we? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we have today, we are going to be Some reviewing website today isn't it leon leon droby's website isn't it leon droby's yes a little critique of that so latest uh, latest um patrons uh, are torsten atreitvine jabari photos probably not his real name nick fifty thousand. Definitely not his. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't know. <laughs> Hello, <Files>. Mr. 50,000. <laughs> Mr. 50,000, come this way. Your, your table is waiting for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carlos Echenique uh, yeah. and Patrick Breen, Sean O'Berry and Leslie Burdett. So, yes, thank you very much to all of you for helping us and supporting us. You know, you, you can change your your... your not necessarily names, but uh, titles. A friend of mine bought a title, so make him a lord, which he said always helped when it came to um, 
airfare tickets or, or upgrades and restaurant and getting restaurant tables when you know when they say have you booked have you booked and there's a whole table uh, there's an old restaurant rather full of tables completely free and you say well no i haven't do i do i do i need to book oh yeah you can't get in here for three months but lord govia can my friend <laughs> he just he bought i think a square foot of land yeah you can do it in scotland in scotland you? that's it and he's now lord the lord and lady govia well, don't get me. So what does that say about the class system in the United Kingdom? I know. I thought it. You know, one rule for one, one rule for perceivably rich other people. Well, he seems to manage to get tables whenever he wants at KFC. It's yes. never a problem. Well, if he comes around my house, he can sit <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> right, questions. Yours. You're going first, aren't you, from from the Book of Faith? Uh, yes, I will go through. Yeah. And uh, as a time-honoured tradition, I will start with the most recent one, which was yesterday, Ned Chapman. And it's not really a question. It's a bit of a, a kind of a gimmicky question with a kind of serious question at the end of it, I suppose. <laughs> given the great news given the great news of Kevin Getty's black belt and judo, yes. uh, if you were involved in an impromptu street kerfuffle, right. which Fujifilm camera would you use to aid you and why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> would autofocus <laughs> tracking be a priority? <laughs> oh, I thought for a minute he was talking about which Fujifilm camera would you use, would you weaponize? Yeah, Wrong. I think that's what he means. Which one would you use to hit somebody over the head? Oh, it does mean that. <laughs> uh, uh, I think my answer would be I'd use the X70 and I'd just <laughs> stick it in their mouth and run away. Oh, Kev. I think you've got to use a good 50 to 140. That's heavy. Swing it over. What are they called? Numchucks, aren't they? Swing it over your head like a numchuck. Watch that thing fly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, folks. Cameras are not for violence. <laughs> not weapons. Although, uh, no, right, I, I'll, go I, with, I'll go with another be, one. Before, before you go, before you go with that, there was a chap that I, I um, that I knew years ago when I was working at the Beeb. He was a photographer, and uh, his name was Steve. And uh, he he used to do a lot of stuff outside stringies, stringies. In the days when stringies were stringies, there, uh, I think, yeah, Peter Stringfellow is, yeah. Uh, I think the club recently, only last year or the, 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 the year cl- before. The club is still open, isn't it? I, what, um... Stringfellow's casino is still there because I walked past it yesterday and workshop. Right. I'm not sure whether the club ah, is still on right. Leicester Square as it used to be. Well, he used to get in all sorts of kerfuffles outside mm-hmm. there with people that didn't want their picture taken, and he yeah, he, did, and, yeah. and he said the motor drive on what was it? No, he had a he had the camera that I've got. Oh, a Nikon Nikon F5. <laughs> it's a heavy beast. Yeah, and he's used it more than once to get out of trouble, apparently. But I, as you say, cameras are for life and for taking beautiful creative pictures and not as weaponry cameras are for preserving picture pr- preserving life yeah in not, a celluloid square yes not taking it <laughs> right go on then nice question uh right it's a very very long question mm-hmm. however uh it's from uh robert uh who i think we had on the show a couple of weeks ago and we were debating whether he was from poland or not anyway he says hi kev hi neil yes i am from poland uh, well guessed with my last question, but that's not the reason I am taking your time. It's GFX topic. Uh, I own XT5 and XT2. Had X-Pro3, but traded it for XT5. Keeping up? To have better battery life and crop capabilities, as I like to work with primes and not swapping them constantly. Yeah. I like to have 35 1.4 and shoot all day. Recently, <laughs> I came across GFX files and I was blown away. <sighs> 
that's me blowing him away. Um, that sounds awful, doesn't it? Don't be rude. Yeah, so I'm quite right, Donald. I'm taking the task on that one. <laughs> I watched. I watched many reviews of the uh, 50 uh, 50x range. Yeah. Watched Kev's channel video on the 50s and the 50r. But all of that was in time when Fuji did not have the high res APS-C sensors, which is very true. Question one. I am curious. How does the GFX 50x, i.e. R or S2 or whatever they're called now, quality stack up against XT5 XH2 in terms of tonal range and resolution? Mm. Question two. Oh, uh, right, an- let's do question one first. <laughs> well, let's do question, uh, question one, first. one will interest me because, as you know, Kev, I am. Um, we talked about this anyway when we when we did the show in London coming back to uh, um, to, to Fuji uh, consistent. I mean, I've been running uh, Canon alongside Fujifilm cameras now for a while, as you, as you know. And uh, I'm sort of coming, coming, coming back home, as it were. Cue the theme tune. And I had thought, I'd, I thought, well, really, I'd, I like working with two same bodies. So H2S makes sense to me to have two bodies of because they're the same. But then I thought, hold on a moment. This is my opportunity to tippy-toe into a much, much larger, larger sensor and w- without having to think about a GFX necessarily mm-hmm. and going for an H2 instead mm-hmm. and sort of mm-hmm. ma- matching the h2 with the h2s would i be fooling myself that it would i mean i know it's not going to have the same resolution but would i be fooling myself that i could i could achieve what i want yeah you would be because ultimately remember it's you're talking about megapixel size mm. so 40 megapixels versus 50 megapixels but the actual sensor size in the gfx system is bigger mm. all right so technically it's not medium format but it's thereabouts so yeah tonal range uh, resolution all of that stuff will be higher on the gfx 50 compared to the new 40 whatever megapixels it is in the xh2s no no s is the the one with the xh2 yeah yeah, whatever those things um (laughs) have you still got your s by the way did you sell it no sold it oh no i want it kev he's gone i offered it to you at the time i know but i didn't need it at the time now i do yeah well i've got it's gone i've got xt5s get it back um, <laughs> although I haven't really used, I did use it actually last weekend. I had I got a, I had a little family shoot, and I've got one on Monday, a day in the life. So there's the answer to that essentially. So uh, even the the higher res forty megapixel sensors in the APS-C, uh, they're 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 more megapixels, yes. And in some ways, you can probably expect them to be a little bit better in in really low light, but. GFX isn't the kind of camera I don't think even the the um the rangefinder style 50 you know for running around doing kind of low light shooting handheld all that kind of stuff for me still I don't think that is the case don't think they're there yet so that that's what you've got to bear in mind it's it's a different sensor size a similar megapixel size different sensor size okay question two you mentioned that you prefer the 50r better than the 50s as a form factor closer to the x pro lineup now you seem to use gfx 100 s question mark can you elaborate on the reasons to go gfx 100 rather than 50s mark ii the reason i can imagine would be in quotes i can sacrifice the form factor and wait to get the 100 megapixel sensor and all the goodness coming with that end quotes <laughs> i'm asking that as i am enter- entertaining the idea of getting a 50s mark ii or 50r 
with 50 mil or 63 mil lens and get rid of the X-T5, which he's only just bought. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a really good question. I've actually been asked that several times. Like, why why go for the GFX100 rather than the uh, 50S, okay, which is a little bit smaller and like more rangefinder-esque and all that kind of stuff. But you're, 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 the way you use that camera is in the studio and you, you use it on sticks, don't you? Exactly that. Well, I do. I use it handheld. I've been doing quite a bit of portrait stuff recently and I'm, I'm using it handheld because it's got um, amazing in-body image stabilization in it. But yeah, you can use it on sticks as well to, to be totally honest about it the reason why i've got the 100s uh, rather than the fifth yes there's the the um megapixels um difference which you know is actually quite substantial like the portraits i'm making are you, you can zoom into the eyes and then zoom into the photographer and zoom into me in their eyes and zoom into them in my eyes reflecting back in their eyes kind of thing what um <laughs> yeah uh that might be a bit of an exaggeration You're going on a bit of a trip off. here yeah <laughs> am i in your eyes or are you in my eyes i'm in your eyes i can see your eyes uh, and my eyes reflecting in your eyes look into my eyes look into my eyes look into my eyes <laughs> the real answer is because i dropped 10 grand on the gfx oh God, 100 right. just before <laughs> okay. lockdown yeah. uh, and never used it it was um potentially the worst decision i made business-wise uh, i had a lot of uh, i had a contract with the ministry of defense to do some um, forensic level photography of equipment. Uh, and then uh, COVID came and that just went away and that would have paid for that camera. Yes. So the GFX 100 kind of just sat there doing nothing and then bigger and all that kind of, and then they, and then they brought out the GFX 100 S, which is a lot smaller, faster, IBIS, or just basically better all round. Yeah. Um, so the GFX 100 went for a, a dramatic loss and uh but I, there was enough in the in the money that i got back to pay for the jfx 100s right and so that made more sense than going for the 50 because i know i'm not going to be using it on the streets and around no. weddings and all that kind of stuff so that's ultimately it i um i have a friend um who appeared um last week as it were on, on the uh, the photo Walk podcast called jason florio and um he is um uh, he's a photojournalist. He was funny enough. He was talking to me about the start of his uh, his career and um, how he wanted really to to photograph normal people as opposed to fashion. And when he gave his list of normal people, they were um, uh, Keith from the Rolling Stones and Mother Teresa. <laughs> well, I often I often sit. Well, I don't see Mother Teresa anymore because she's dead. But I often see Keith walking across the road. Yeah, I've seen, seen him in the court yesterday. Kim, come and do a photo. Um, but the point to that was that he, um, was it a Deodorf he took? I mean, a, a, a thumping big camera anyway, uh, up the, the river Gambia. And, um, he took out with him I, and I, I suppose for the nostalgia, it's lovely, but it didn't necessarily need to be, but it was an old canvas from world war two. Um, nice. whether it was an old tent or something, I don't know. I didn't ask that and I should have done, but he took this, this canvas, um, on this river trip. And wherever he stopped, he would make photographs, portraits of the chiefs, the chiefs of the village. Yeah. And I, I wonder whether there's whether you wouldn't want to do it because it's time or it, maybe it would confuse what you're trying to do with the other part of, of, of what you love doing for weddings, Kev, which is obviously reportage. But whether taking something like that to weddings and photographing the people. Well, we've had this kind of conversation before about doing high end fine art type portraits later in the evening you yeah, know using yeah. the gfx and all that yeah but ultimately what you're going to get is pissed up james and his mates you know <laughs> and they want to put a clown's hat on and funny glasses yeah. and go oh, i'm gonna have another one with my mate here yes. and i just you know 
that's when I would use the camera for violence. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's the dilemma there. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. If you could, if you could somehow, like I, I, I you know, and you and I, we've both t- talked about this off, off, uh, off air before, about this idea of having a high-end photo booth, effectively, yes. that are nice, beautiful portraits, singular portraits of people. But you could really only do it in the uh, in the evening, and and like I say, it has to, it would have to be a certain wedding, and it would have to, you'd have to somehow control that element of it. Mm-hmm. And I just think it would be too hard. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I, you know, I, it's nice. You know, it would be. I agree totally. You know, I've got. I think you gave me a big, massive canvas backdrop once. I um, did. I did. And I've still got it in the back of my car. And my my plan for that is to take. It's probably rotted now. <laughs> of the horses. Oh, that's, um, that's a nice idea. Way. How is how is Star? Because Star wasn't too well. Star's all right. Yeah. Good. So it's uh, a bit better now, I think, Good. or better. Good. I don't, I don't, yeah. I've got to go up there tomorrow and, and fix the roof on the stables. That's my responsibility. Don't mention veterinary bills, anybody, to Kev, because I know we weren't going to mention this, but Star, obviously, I, I would imagine, uh, knowing <laughs> I went to a wedding of horse vets, Kev, and mm. uh, I don't think any of them were driving anything much cheaper than an Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, well, vet, uh, the Stars vet bill came in the same day that Monty was rushed into oh, hospital for no. his yeah. operation. But Gemma hid the bill from me. <laughs> so you don't know the bill. Well, you, you'll see it. I do it. know the bill. I do know the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Is let's it, just say the horse. Does it have four figures? Uh, no, not for the horse. No, because oh. it was it wasn't an operation or anything. Right. Uh, good, it's then. substantially cheaper than uh, the Monty. Um, oh, way, Mo- bless Monty or Git, as he's affectionately yeah. known, who decided to eat a tennis ball. Git was nearly a goner. Oh yeah. no! Bless him. He's back now, though. He's uh, he's fighting. Oh, smelt much him. nicer for four days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul Git, don't be horrible to him. It's, I know Git. He loves you really. Well, uh, the first time I saw him, he went off to hospital last Sunday, and we're in in real world. It's Friday today. Yeah. yeah. So the first time I saw him was at two o'clock this morning. I did a workshop yesterday, a night workshop, and I didn't get home till two a.m. So I yeah. walked in the door, and uh, and normally he'd like as soon as he hears the key in the door, he's at yeah. the door yeah. yapping yeah. away, yeah. you know, yeah. wagging yeah. tails yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I walked in, and and he did try and move his tail a little oh. bit, but he didn't really get up. He just kind of looked at me with his coat of shame on. Oh no! And bless him. Bless but, yeah, he's, right. he's he's a lot better. Hopefully. Adam, even if your bank account is not, mm. Adam Belcher. Hello, gents. I have. Two- I haven't finished. Sorry. Oh, haven't you got? A th- is there a third part to the question? There's Robert. Robert goes on. I told you it was a long one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um- <laughs> Rewind that bit. <laughs> go back, go back. Adam, Adam, you can be the wait. first question after the interview. <laughs> I forgot to mention. I'm a 50 year old enthusiast. This is Robert talking now, not mm-hmm. me. Although it's very similar. Um, printing my photos at home in five by seven A4 and five by seven. Oh, comma A4. It's going to say five by seven A4. is an A4. Five by seven comma A4 mm-hmm. and selected ones on A three mostly doing slow street photography and landscapes kids and wife won't pose for me so portraits are rare Uh. i'm not in a rush i'm quite happy with what i already have but knowing that there is something much better out there planted the seed of curiosity and constantly itches the spot perhaps i should even forget the 50 and collect money and get 100s and rest in peace oh don't rest in peace that's horrible sorry for the long post you are you are you were complaining last time you have too few of them so here you go and one more thing oh what it's like columbo just, just one, one more thing, thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoy the show so much I'm going from the bottom right now I'm at episode 7 
still pre-COVID and pre-Xbox 3. It's Whoa, really interesting. Yeah. So from today's perspective, all the best to you both, Robert. So if he's only on episode seven, were we whinging then about not having enough questions? <laughs> We've always whinged, Kev. Yeah. I tell you what would be really interesting, and I genuinely mean this, although it does seem a bit weird to say, I want to listen to myself. But to listen to that three-month period where we went on the air every single day. 78 days. Yeah. And well, you did more because you did Saturday and well, Sunday. Well, I, mean, I started that way until Gemma said to you, get out the house, Mullins. I don't want you in here on Saturday. I don't care. It's a pandemic. Get working. Um, but it was it, it certainly as, as, a, as a period of time to hear what we would have been talking about. It's quite... And it's, it adds, well, you talk a lot about nostalgia. There's kind of like, like a nostalgia thing that you and I will, I don't know, we'll, we might listen back to it in 10, 15 years' time and think, oh, my word. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it's really interesting. It's like a social um, diary, isn't it? That was. You know, my, my God, 78 yeah. days of the same conversation. What are you drinking today, Kev? I've <laughs> got some Thatcher's Gold today. What about you, Neil? Well, I'm, yeah. on, I'm on red wine, and then I'm going to have my Weetabix. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little bit like that, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, dear, but, uh, yeah. Uh, we do have more questions uh, coming in the second part of the show after we've chosen to speak to our guest, who is... Ali Stewart-Ross. <laughs> Just checking you're still awake. Now, uh, we've known Ali for a long, long time, haven't we? Yeah, um, yeah. She's, she's been a, a wonderful photographer from Scotland. Um, made a big, not career change, she remained a photographer, but uh, changed from shooting documentary weddings to newborn babies and has made a very, 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 very good business. Now, Ali's got a really interesting story and uh, we'll wind into that and uh, her successful business now. But from the offset, Ali, how, how long have you been a photographer? How did you get into it? Where did it all start? Um, I've, I've been a photographer all my life, straight from school. I went to photography college. I was supposed to go to university and to do computing. And much to my parents' disgust, I decided about three weeks beforehand that I was going to go to photography college. So off I went and did did three years there and I've really I've just been a photographer ever since. I don't think I've ever really had a proper job except for a brief stint at being a, a lecturer in Photoshop when Photoshop first came out. Apart from that I've just worked for myself. Uh, and and what what was your first kind of job then when you, you came out to university and, and you were working in photography? What was that? I got a job for a year as a I think I was the assistant to the assistant in one of the only two commercial photography studios in Glasgow but we did do an awful lot of really good quite high-end work for the whiskey industry industrial advertising loads of really interesting things and that probably taught me more there in about the first three weeks than I'd learned in three weeks at college full-time yeah and then eventually you became a wedding photographer right yeah well that was that was years years later um I stayed in the job as the photographer's assistant for about a year and then I decided I think I was 20 that I would set up on my own so I rented a great big studio got a whole load of lights and I set up on my own and I worked in that for about three or four years probably didn't work as hard as I probably should have and then after after about four years I think I stopped and I became a freelance photographer from home and I did that until I was 27 when I had my first child um, and that was that was studio stuff and weddings as well and no no weddings at all. I did two weddings during my 
the first year of that, hated every single minute of them, swore I'd never shoot another wedding again. And I shot um, studio-based work and an awful lot of industrial and commercial. And and so that studio, did, did that stay with you? Did you keep that studio? Have you always had a studio go in? Is that always been a feature of your photography? Uh, no, I had it for about four years and then I just kind of always puckled together a studio when I got a job that required a studio. I would, you know, clear the back bedroom or something and make it into a studio. As long as the client wasn't actually coming, I would I would manage to, to find somewhere to do studio mm-hmm. things. And then when I was about 27, I had my first child. I've got four children. And I did two jobs mm-hmm. with my young baby in tow and it was just not working. So I stopped and I really didn't go back to to working at all for about eight years and then what happened then what happened was I went to college part-time and I did I eventually ended up doing a degree in multimedia that was my introduction to digital cameras and things like that okay so up until then you'd been shooting film yeah uh, not even 35 mil it was always two and a quarter square or six four five or five before or six seven okay so let's fast forward a little bit to um now so Mabel and Moose is the brand that you have currently. Yes. Uh, and a beautiful brand, brand it is. When did that, when did it first start, um, those those kind of bells in your mind start thinking about rebranding, bringing this, um, this, this kind of baby portraiture, different, very kind of niche style of baby portraiture, I think. When did that, that start going through your mind? I had absolutely no thoughts on rebranding. It was definitely going to be, still I was going to do weddings which I had been doing for 16 years I was going to keep on my commercial business and I was going to do a few newborns with the intention of under the Ali Stewart brand in about five or six years time moving fully into newborns Um, and that was all fine until the pandemic hit and of Mm. course overnight I lost all my weddings I lost 90% of my commercial work and I would say I spent the first two or three months throwing myself into you know learning everything I could about wedding photography I redid my website you helped me switch everything to Squarespace which was fantastic and then I just had a premonition I thought weddings are never going to come back the way I want to shoot them I'm never going to be comfortable in a room with all these people and I just thought the time was right to switch completely to newborns which was what I did, and that meant complete new brand. So that was the end of Ali Stuart Ross Photography and the Completely. start of Mabel and Moose. Yeah. yeah. And when so, I started it, I didn't have the Mabel and Moose name. I just had this vision of what I wanted it to be like. And it's exactly as it is, I, but I didn't have the name. Yeah. So I think I vaguely have recollections. Um, now, I might be wrong about this. I might have dreamt this, but I vaguely have recollections of you asking because uh, we were we, we, we well we both still are I think members of the MV collective yeah. um, although it's quite quiet these days and uh, uh, yeah and um, I think I vaguely remember you putting different brand names and different uh, you know what do you think of this is this better that kind of thing um, and and so how, how did you how did you settle on Mabel and Moose because it's very I, lo- I love it on your website it says Scandi style baby photography or newborn photography um where, where did it how did that come about 
Yeah, well, I did ask. I did ask on the website on on the MV Collective because they they've been really helpful. I don't know if any of your listeners have heard of David Bryce's The Wee Album Company, which I think has now been sold to Sim. But the MV Collective were very helpful in in helping him choose his Wee Album Company name. So I thought I would do the same thing, and I must. Admit, it was it didn't go well at all. I had all sorts of suggestions like tartan teddies and things that just were not in line with what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, I also had so many people messaging me, phoning me up, really, really well-meaning people who are all my friends saying, don't do this, don't rebrand, don't go into newborns, don't do not do this, that and the next thing, don't go to Squarespace, don't change your domain name. So I just decided I was going to just basically do it on my own. My two daughters were very helpful, or three daughters, sorry, were very helpful in helping me choose the Mabel and Moose name. And my sister, she's very artistic and thinks the way I do. And my three daughters are all right in my target market age group, which I probably realised that all the photographers in the MB Collective were probably not. So Mabel and Miss was just perfect. It it took a good few weeks of of messing around with things because there was so much involved with the name. It it couldn't mean anything weird in a different language. Uh, It had to have the domain available. It had to have Twitter handle Instagram handle, Facebook handle. It had to look nice when I wrote it out. I had to be able to say it properly. There was just so much that when you actually start thinking about a name. Yeah. These are all the things, everything you just mentioned there are all the things that are important when it comes to branding. Um, and many people just don't think about things like that, how it looks, how the how the writing of the text looks on a page, on, on print, uh, domain names, all of that kind of stuff. That That's often at the end of the thought process and so you you absolutely did the right thing to think about that and think about it carefully um and and i suppose i guess in some ways the the pandemic for the hell that it was um has to be partly thanked for the, for the move really because it, it kind of brought that forward that move to maple and moose and your you know your your idea of moving away from weddings for, well before i ask the next question do you do you, is there anything about wedding photography you miss? You said at the beginning you said you you shot two and then you said you'd never shoot any more and then you said you shot them for sixteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, they were a very different kind of wedding by the time I came back to them. So the the two I shot, um, I I did them on. I think it was six, four, five. I shot two on my own. I I'd never been to a wedding when I shot them, so I don't know what part of me thought I would actually know what to do yeah. I had the the priest stop midway through the wedding and tell me to come down to the front and take a photograph that was the first one um I did one where there was an assistant and I remember mm-hmm. it was still at the time when you shot all the couples and I, this guy was working for a big Glasgow company that shot loads of weddings and he was doing it on six four five well no it would be two and a quarter square I think Anyway, we had to line the couples up and that was my job. So he could get two couples out of the one negative because they were that stingy. So it was cut in half when we got back. No, I hated every single minute of it. Um, and then when I, I moved from Glasgow to Dundee about 20 years ago and I wanted to set up as a web designer, but that didn't go too well because too many other people were doing it better than I ever could. So... My then boyfriend, now he's, he's been upgraded to husband now, uh, suggested <laughs> I go back to photography, which was what I did. 
and it was it was kind of strange because the way I actually got into weddings was I it was still in the days of yellow pages so I put an advert for my commercial industrial photography in the yellow pages and I, I got some kind of weird discount if you put two adverts in instead of one mm-hmm. and the, the chap assured me that I could cancel it so I put one in the wedding section and of course I forgot to cancel it so the first thing I knew was my phone was ringing and people were wanting to book me and so I did it and I I shot weddings for 16 years and I absolutely loved every single minute of it. And and uh, and now, of course, your Saturday. Well, I don't know. Maybe you shoot on Saturdays. I don't know. But your Saturdays are a little bit freer, perhaps. I don't shoot Saturdays or Sundays at all. I'm very strict about what I do. I work. I start at 10 in the morning. Well, that's when I start shooting. But I'm, I'm usually up before then getting the studio ready. But I shoot from 10 in the morning. I do have viewing sessions because I do everything by in-person sales, IPS. So Monday to Thursday, I'm quite often working till maybe seven, eight, nine o'clock at night and I'm editing. I try to take Fridays off, but that's not strict. Saturdays and Sundays, I just do not do anything for clients. I I, I quite happily edit and um, I'm a bit of a workaholic. So if there's not something interesting for me to do, I'll be working. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so, how you went from kind of uh, being branded or marketing yourself as a you know predominantly wedding photographer to this new uh, Mabel and Moose? How, where, where on earth did the clients come from at the beginning, at least? Really, just a few people that I know. My daughters are the right age that their friends were having babies, but there was only only about three or four of them. I just I gave them a gift voucher, asked them to come in for a, a portfolio building session for my website, and. Then they came back to view the photographs and they, they got to choose. I think I gave them two and they, they had to purchase any more if they wanted them. So I've never done anything where everybody got everything for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it just re- really grew from there. Um, when I started Mabel and Moose, I, I couldn't I couldn't photograph anybody because we were in a really strict lockdown. So from the time that I made the decision, I'm closing the wedding business and the commercial business and I'm starting doing a completely new niche genre of newborn under a new brand, new name, new everything. I couldn't photograph any babies. So I had to work with the ones that I had kind of been practicing on, of which there weren't that many really. I think I'd only photographed about maybe 10 or 12 babies at that point. Okay. And and then what about, um, did you use anything uh, like, uh, I don't know, Facebook competitions or anything like that to get people in through the door? It's often what happens at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, to be honest, it's still happening now. That's, I mean, I've been in business now for two and a bit years and it's kind of tailing off. I haven't had to do one for a while, but most of my clients have come in on Facebook competitions and the ones that are coming in, I had a lovely little baby in this morning and I was asking his mum, they, they actually booked, they were a, a, a booked paying client and I was asking them and they've had about four or five different friends that seen my work and loved it and they were all Facebook competition winners. So how does that work with Facebook then? Because I always I always say to people from a wedding point of view, I'm not sure that, uh, that you know, it's, it's, it's the client uh, the, the the right marketplace for wedding clients but I know that yourself and I know some other newborn photographers do so well with that that platform yeah uh, how does it how, how do these Facebook competitions work for you well the way I run it is people really just need to to jump on and comment with their you know the the date of their babies that the baby's due or the day the baby was born so it's birthday um, I always open it up for newborns up to a year old and there's always a first prize who win a big I think it's a 1620 just mounted it's not framed it's mounted there's two or three 
10 by 7s and then there's usually quite a few of the 6 by 4 size but they all get the same they all get the same session they all get exactly the same service and as my competition entrance has grown I give out more and more of the the 6 by 4 vouchers Okay. I think the last one I had, uh, I don't know, I think I had about 400 people enter the competition. Wow. And so the people, you, you, you presumably draw, randomly draw the winners out of a hat or something, however it's done, um, uh, and they come to the studio and then they, they, there may be an upsell or something to them. Um, and what about all the people that don't win? Is Does that go into some kind of um, a CRM? Do you, you know, do you then send them a message and offer them a discount or is it just uh, bad luck? <laughs> not, not really. I should do. I, it's, it's on my to-do list. They do go into my CRM for my ever-increasing email list. I, at the moment, I've really sent out three newsletters in two years, and that's about it. I, I wouldn't say they're randomly chosen. There is, I don't know if I'm allow, allowed to mention it on here, but there is a course that I did on PhotoBizX with, I don't know if you've heard of Andrew. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 of course. So he yeah. had me on recently, and there's a course that you can you can go on and buy, and it goes through what I do step by step. And um, I think it's open to people that are not in X membership, I'm not sure. But I, I suppose, yeah, I, I know who I'm giving out the, the winners to, but I do have lots of wild cards and things, just people mm. that I choose at random, because I don't want Facebook to to get angsty with me and say that I'm yeah, yeah, of course, I'm yeah. not doing it randomly. And and to be honest, there's no rhyme or reason. There's people that can come in and I think, oh, well, I shouldn't prejudge, but you do. And you think yeah. they're probably not going to buy very many, but sometimes they totally surprise me, which is what's, nice. What's the, if you're willing to say, what's the um, the biggest sale that you've had from, from a client, roughly? And if you're uncomfortable saying that. Uh, well, my biggest sale from a client at which I was doing a little happy dance, but that was a very unusual client, um, was 12,000. So that was a lot. Yeah. That, that's that's incredibly unusual. That was a lot of wall frames. She had a beautiful home and I had also photographed her wedding. So she was buying frames from that, but that's unusual. But I, I think the, the biggest apart from that was... Three three thousand three hundred. I had one recently. Yeah, two thousand two hundred is very normal. A lot of people will buy the pack, the collection that I have. Seven hundred and ninety. Mm-hmm. I would say if it's below that, probably I'm not. I wouldn't say annoyed um, because I want people to come in and buy what they can afford to buy and what they love. Yeah, and I don't think anybody ever doesn't purchase because they don't love them. They don't maybe purchase because it's just not in their budget and they've got other things which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so somewhere between seven hundred and a thousand might be the average that you, you know, you might get from a, an average city. Yeah, my average for the first year was seven. It uh, was nine hundred and seventy. So that was that was an average. And I would say the very first year was pretty much all Facebook competition winners. Yeah. So it was yeah. pretty good. But I, I just treat everybody as though they're not a Facebook competition winner. The minute they come into the studio or from the minute I give them the prize, in my head, they're not a Facebook competition winner. They're a client that's sought me out and they get exactly the same treatment. And Ali Stewart-Ross returns next time for part two. Right, questions. Uh, Have we actually exhausted the question we had before we heard from Ali? Yeah, it Is it done, are you sure? There's not a fourth part to it. Nope, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a choice. Okay, you can have a question about annoying things that you put on the end of your lenses, or you can have. It looks like fan mail. 
Uh, fan mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, right. Here we go. Here's here's a Kev loving moment. Warning. Warning. Um, hello, gents. I'd sent this through Kev's F16 site initially, but I got an ominous disclaimer message about only answering questions about only answering mails about commissions, prints, presets, yada, yada, yada. What's that? Uh, well, yeah, so I did get that email from my F16 website. Yeah. And actually, a re- there wasn't a reply. It's on the, it's on the contact form ah. that says, do not send me technical questions any longer. Or um, I will send round the boys with me, black belts. Yeah. So, um, however, it wasn't a technical question. It was about a bag, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Which I was all, would always have had. Okay. So here we go. A question about your wonton craft bag. I don't wonton craft bag. Wuton wuton craft. Wuton craft. I, I I don't know this bag, Kev. I thought I knew every bag going. We've talked about your bags, but you've never called it that. Have yeah, you? Yeah, craft. Oh, okay. Yeah. The trooper model. The, tr- the trooper model that you use is discontinued, and I don't remember hearing you state the actual capacity. I'm looking at the 7L Pilot that's part of their current range, but I think it might be too small for a Galaxy S7 FE tablet. Blimey, how big are they? Do you know offhand the litre capacity of your trooper that housed your surface? Uh, not litre capacity, but I am looking, because it doesn't say, I am looking at uh, a website now called Photo Specialists. They seem to have them in stock. Wooten Craft Trooper Shoulder Bag. Yeah. Um, and it says here that the size is 300 by 120 by 220 millimetres. What's that in litres? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what's, that in, what, what's that in goats per square inch? Uh, and, uh, yeah, it would, if I remember rightly, I still have it somewhere, but I don't, I don't use it right now. Um, if I remember rightly, it would hold my surface, which was the size of a 13 inch laptop. Yeah. I wouldn't be going for much bigger than that. I I should think it will hold the, uh, the tablet, the Samacy, what's it called? Samacy tag, Samacy. What's he got? A Samsung Tag 7. I just want to hear you keep Samacy. saying it. <laughs> what is it? A Samsung. Oh, Samsung. Yeah. Samsung. No, it's a Galaxy S7 FE tablet. That's yeah. a Samsung, isn't it? Samsung. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Have you found Sam- another word? Is this, the 20, is this the 2023 word that you can't say? Samsung Galaxy Tab. No, no. It's Galaxy S7 FE tablet. Can you try that again with Samsung at the start? Yeah, but they're made by Samsung. Samsung Galaxy <laughs> 7 F tabs. <laughs> Tricks reception. One of them. Uh, yeah, I would have. I reckon that would fit. Well, it uh, better. He's about to drop a lot of money on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I just realised this website I was talking about. It does say not deliverable. You can buy it. You can add it to your basket and, and pay for it. But it then says not deliverable. Well, you're not using yours. Could you send it to him? Yeah, I might be able to. I send it a right gift. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. See, I like things that are cyclic. Comes round, isn't it? It's almost like we planned it, Kev. Yeah, it's not cyclic. It's cyclical. Cyclical, not cyclic. Cyclic is the control used in helicopter. <laughs> right. I'll, oh no, there's another part of this. I'll not say that I am a fan of yours, no. but see, as you read this, um, you can read it two ways because that sounds a bit. I'll not say I'm a fan of yours, as in, you really get my goat, Mullins. But no, he doesn't mean it that way. It's all in the intonation. I'll not say that I'm a fan of yours, but you've absolutely inspired me to learn. And I thank you for that. 
I'll admit to being quite giddy when you'd like to post of mine on the Fujicast FB group or commented back on Insta. Mostly I look forward to the day when I can call upon you as a mentor. Um, you are a bit wax on, wax off at the moment, aren't you? You're, you're like it, yeah. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Um, I currently shoot a battered second-hand F100S and my Samsung Galaxy, you say that, Samsung Galaxy 20S Plus. Go on, Kevin. It's, tab- it's tablet. <laughs> I want you to say it. <laughs> Samsung, Samsung Galaxy S7 Plus. No, 20S Plus. Sa- no, 20S yeah, Plus, plus 7 Galaxy. No, tab. no, that's a different thing. Mostly monochrome, but I'm saving for a full X-Pro3 X-T3 base kit with two kids in high school and a spare in grade three. It may take a while. So for now, I shoot what I have unapologetically. Well, so you should. Charles uh, Spider Wallace. Oh, yeah. That's a cool Great name, name isn't it? Spider Wallace. No. Yeah. I want to be called Spider. Yeah. I don't want to be called Kevin anymore. <laughs> do, you, do you not think Kevin sounds as showbiz as Spider? It's not the same, is it? <laughs> not the same. Yeah. I want to be called Spider. Spider Mullins. P.S. An Amazon purchase of from snapshots to great shots is in the post and on the way Ooh. to me as I type. I did get another little um, royalty check from that a did couple you? of weeks ago. Ah. Nice. Well, it's not a check anymore. Very nice. Instagram, by the way, Spider Shoots Pictures. S-P-Y-D-E-R. Spider Shoots Pictures. There we go. There we go, indeed. It wasn't so much a question, but we will come back for a question. We've got a sort of slightly more involved question um, in a moment. But first of all, book. That sounds ominous. It does, doesn't it? First of all, book. Book of the week. Book of the week. All right, yeah. So, um, book of the week is Café Limits. Now, I might have spelt Limits. It's probably uh, the the correct way of saying it. Um, Anders Peterson. And uh, the blurb, it says, Café Limits, uh, a beer joint in Reaper Barn, Mm -hmm. okay, was a meeting point for many who worked in Hamburg's red light district. Did you know, by the way? um, (laughs) Not about red light districts, no. Why hamburgers are called Hamburg. There's no no ham in them. There's no cows in them. No. Uh, There's no uh, pigs in them. Why is that then? Because they're invented in Hamburg. Uh, Anyway, so uh, uh, I'll start again because it's disrespectful otherwise. Café Limits, a beer joint in Reaper Barn, was a meeting point for many who worked in Hamburg's red light district. Prostitutes, pimps, transvestites, workers and petty criminals. Anders Peterson was 18 years old when he first visited Hamburg in 1962, chanced upon the cafe and established friends that made an impact on his life. Mm. In 1968, he returned to Limits and found new regulars, renewed contact and began to take pictures. His photographs, which were first published in a book from 1978, have become classics of their genre. Of their genre. Um, Tom Waits used our cover f- picture for his album, A Rain Dog. Right. And Tom Waits does the um, prologue, um, uh, the introduction to the yeah, book. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest voices in music, by the way, Tom Waits, if you like that gritty stuff. Uh, Their candidness and authenticity continue to move the viewer. The solidarity evident in them prevents voyeurism or false pity, which is interesting, uh, arising via the generally referred to as asocial behaviour. The other world of Café Limits, which no longer exists in this form, becomes visible as a lively community with Mm. its own self-image and dignity. Okay, um, so yes, so this is a uh, beautiful, beautiful book, um, and quite rightly, it says on the uh, on the blurb that you know you you could mistake some of these images as uh, voyeuristic, but you mustn't. Yeah. 
Don't don't leave it on your coffee table when you've got kids around. I would. Uh, say. Well, no, it's not quite like that, but it's um, uh, you know, it is it is of a time mm-hmm. and it is of a um, uh, a set of people who are uh, you know making a living in their in their own chosen work in their own chosen way. Yes. So. For example, it, it, you know, in most cases, uh, it's beautiful, gritty, black and white images of real people yeah, enjoying themselves very in their much, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and there's some great candid portraits. You know, I'm looking at one on page 53 now, these two ladies with a bottle of um, beer in front of them. Um, but you only have to flick a couple of pages in either direction and, and you're going to see um, some flesh and hands and various things that, uh, you know, you might, you might, uh, misconstrue and, and incorrectly I think um, uh, take the, the the wrong attitude towards um, but the, the the thing that strikes me about this book is as you move through it you see the same characters repeatedly in different pictures um, and you, you you actually get a, a an idea of their personality just by looking at the photos apart from the introduction text um, uh, by Tom Waits there there's no there's no descriptions of the images um, there are no captions or anything like that. Some of them, like I say, are very simple portraits. Some of them are a little bit more uh, risque, but it's all happening in the confines in the uh, within the remit of this bar, which, you know, it's got like an old Wurlitzer jukebox. Yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. smoking. They're all, uh, you know, some of them are, um, uh, you know, kind of gregarious. Some of them are just really drunk. Um, Looks like there's it, a there's a bare knuckle fight night as well. Uh, all kinds of stuff going yeah. on there. Yeah, there's uh, there's clever images where the newspaper where where people are perhaps using newspaper to cover their face while mm-hmm. they're being photographed. But yeah. actually, that's good because that gives you a sense of what's going on in the news in the day. Bearing in mind this is uh, like 1968 Germany. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a wonderful picture on page 70 of um, uh, a woman, I mean, everybody's smoking, but a woman, and she's got a beer in front of her, and, and there's another woman who's just completely and utterly slunk over the table. She's got, uh, you know, dirty fingers, and, you know, her, her clothes are a, a little bit grubby and all that kind of stuff. But she sat next to somebody who's just having a jolly old night out, mm. um, you know. And, and I think, you know, the, the the book itself, so it's a well-designed book. It's There's no kind of split spreads or anything like that. The curation is excellent, and the editing is is beautiful. You know, the processing of the film you can tell was was quite challenging at times because obviously it's probably a dark. I wouldn't imagine there's any windows in this place or anything like that. But it's got that real, like it's almost tangible. Mm. You know, even on a reprinted page such as the pages in this book, you can practically feel the grain. You know, you can feel the. Uh, the the emotion in the pictures, I think Mm. Um, some amazing, you know, we talk these days about having cameras, uh, you know, that can go up to 12,800 ISO and, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't put my camera at 12,800 ISO because you don't want grain in images. You're going to see some beautiful grain in this. And this is all shot on film in a, in a place that's probably, underground with no windows um that's probably the reason why some of the photographs have got lots of motion blur and stuff in them as well yeah exactly i i just think but every single picture and of course i'm sure that anders took a lot more pictures that Mm. have been curated for the book but every single one has that you has that perfect combination that that Mm. holy trinity that we always talk about of uh light composition and moment every single one of them has wonderful light brilliant composition and mo- most interestingly the the moment um the subject and they're, they're just so well put together these pictures they call so it well. a dive a dive bar is what yeah, they call it's called. A yeah. dive bar 
here. So um, it, it's a really, really nice book. And it is, uh, I'm going to tell you the publisher. Uh, so it's it's prestel.com and as Peterson Cafe Limits. Now, I probably have pronounced that incorrectly, so I will spell it L-E-H-M-I-T-Z. Very, very good book. He says he was um, he was inspired by Ed Van der Elsken's Love on the Left Bank. I'm not, not sure that's what you're aware of. But actually, when you look at it, I've just clicked through to it uh, for a Guardian uh, piece. And there's some very, yeah, I can see how he was inspired. It's not quite the same sort of bar, but I can see how, how he was inspired. In fact, it's all his bars and underground and all sorts of stuff. Very interesting work. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so the version I've got is... Uh, I think is out of print, but my understanding is that Prestel is going to republish in March. So if you're looking for this book and and I do, I really do. If you're into uh, candid nostalgia based images of the past, then this is a book for you. Then you might, you might kind of, I've just looked on Amazon and it says out of print, but uh, my understanding is it will be reprinted in March um, and uh, you know, it'll be available then. So check out the uh, Prestel um, Prestel.com website. He must have done a lot of a lot of work to have been accepted in this in this bar as just somebody making pictures. Absolutely, but isn't it? You know, when you if you think about, I mean, you'll remember 1968. I don't, but um, <laughs> I was one. <laughs> See, there you go. And I certainly wasn't hanging out in dive bars. <laughs> uh, but the, but the thing about it is, you know, cameras and photography was seen as a privilege. Mm. And you know, if somebody came into your space and said, "I'm really interested in you as people," and and a lot of these people probably wouldn't have had that positivity in their life much many times. You know, somebody's taken interest in them, so that for them, this was an honour. I would have thought, you know, as the subject. Now, going to a bar today where everybody's got mobile phones and, you know, everything else and there's CCTV behind the cameras and, you know, you walk out to the car park and it's dash cams filming you everywhere. Um, it, it, it's not the same. You know, it's it's not the same. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's a very different it's, – it's a really interesting um, play on the generation differences yeah. that we have there. Well, you, you certainly would not have had somebody saying, hey, what are you putting that on? Is that going on Facebook, Instagram? I don't want my – I don't want because you know it's a different different period when people thought very differently about pictures. Yeah, um, absolutely, and and also you know, but but these people are you know they are, some of these are on the on the periphery of society, and so um, whilst they probably didn't think, obviously they didn't think about social media and stuff, they they possibly you know would have been uncomfortable initially about having their photos taken but uh, you know as i said and this is you know you've got to make a uh, a relationship with people yeah, you can't yeah. just wander into a bar and start photographing even now you know you could uh, there are there is photographers working who are doing this kind of thing but they will build up a relationship with uh, you know, with the with the client, with the subject, wherever that may be, whether it's a bar or yeah. you know, hospital ward or whatever, you can't just go and start clicking away. Um, and you know, one of the problems I think of today, photographers of today, is certainly social photographers in our kind of community, is that they want to do this. They'll see these pictures and think, I want to do that, but they'll want to rush it. They'll want to, you know, they want to do it instantly, and they'll want to get it out on their website and you know, all of that kind of stuff. But this kind of thing, uh, you know, it's a project, it's a long-term project yeah. where and most of that uh, project is not about clicking the button on your camera. It's about interacting with the people, Absolutely. you know, getting to know them, making friends with them and allowing them to trust you. Well, it's a, 
an incredible book. We'll put a link on the, as you say, not quite sure about availability, are you? But uh, it's going to come in March. So the reprint, I will, what I'll do is um, we'll put the link to yeah. the Prestel Publishing website, which which has all of the, all of the blurb. Yeah. So right now it's, uh, it's in the process of being reprinted and should be out. Where's March? When's March? A um, couple of weeks time, Kev. No, in fact, it's not. Next, uh, by it's the time this, the first, the second week of January, By isn't the it? time this goes out, it might be next week. <gasps> I know, Shut months up. are going past. Soon be back in weddings, Kev. Christmas adverts be on soon. Yep. Adam B. Um, I've gone not not quite for the, because uh, we sort of, time is getting on, so I haven't gone for the complex one. I've gone for a slightly easier one. Adam B. Adam Belcher. Hello, gents. I have two questions for you. Number one, do either of you use the lens hood on your lenses? I've started using them more. Yes, for a while I I didn't I I couldn't tell you where they were, but I uh, I probably use it on the fifty six. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? Sorry, I was reading something. <laughs> oh, are we keeping you up? Do you Sorry. use the lens hood on your lenses, Kev? Uh, no, not really. Um, why? I probably just through laziness, I have to say if they're in the, Oh no, 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 I don't. But that's, Oh, sorry. Hang on. (laughs) Who's calling you? There's, there's the problem, Adam. He's so much in demand. Uh, uh, look, it's (laughs) lenshoodmakers.com. No, it was Gemma. Sorry. Um, do you need uh, to get it? I'm I'm worried now that another animal in your house is going to cost 4,000 quid. No, she's gone. Um, it's right. fine. Don't worry. Um, no, I don't. Uh, no, uh, it, but it's, the short answer is no, but not for any kind of yeah. sensible reason. Um, you, you know, uh, people say, well, yeah, but you're going to bang your, your lens and all that kind of stuff. You're going to scratch your lens. I have to say uh, all my lenses are still not scratched in all the years I've been using them. Uh, I haven't. Well, I can't believe that. Well, they're not. They're not. I don't I've know. I the haven't. state of your cameras, Kev. The only lenses that might be scratched are the ones that you've nicked off me. <laughs> no, they go in dividers. <laughs> um, no, I, and now I'm looking at my. So I've got my 56 on my XT5 on my desk, right in front of me, along with the 18 mil. And I bet it hasn't. Got, um, they don't have their no. lens hoods on, and they, these are the two cameras I used last week. Do you put show. over the front, by the way, little uh, filters at all to uh, glass filters to protect? No. Mm. Okay. No, again, not for any, you know, I, I don't want to say it's right or wrong to do that. You know, if you, some people rightly so would want to protect their, their gear and, and, and a filter, a lens protecting filter will, mm. you know, but you know what? They cost money. Good ones cost money. And I've, like I said, I've never scratched mine. Like I said, fingers crossed. You know, probably take it home and Monty will scratch the hell out of them. Touch, yeah, that'd be the next thing he eats. Yeah. Oh, look, I've just eaten your 56 mil. Can we go to the vets again? I quite like that experience of being looked after. 56 mil. Um, secondly, would either of you consider, I know we've covered this before, Kev, but go with me, releasing a photography book of your wedding work over the years? I'm sure a lot of us would love, love to see one. I'm hoping the answer will not be, we shall consider. Um, well, there's no money in photography books. Kev tells me that. It's like a mantra. It's more of a mantra than wax on, wax off. There's no money in photography books. Say again. Tap your heels together twice. There's no money in photography books. Uh, <laughs> so I just I just messaged Gemma and said I'm podcasting. Right. And she said, tell Neil to stop saying the book of face. It drives her nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she listens. 
that's funny. Uh, no, there is money in, in um, books. If you you know if you get mainstream, I mean, look at Sean. I mean, he sells his books like they fly off the shelves, don't they? They do. Uh, Sean Tucker, uh, Josh K. Jackson has got a wonderful book that has done very well for him. I'm sure. Um, I think what yeah. I'm saying here is um, I, I should re- reframe my answer. There's no money in training photography books. Oh, like educational ones. Yes, that is much more tricky these days. Um, so as uh, as was mentioned earlier, I did do a an X100S kind of guidebook, which did really well. But that was before, really, before kind of YouTube got in the way of everything and stuff. Yeah. And uh, and I did go down, we did sign contracts for new versions of that for other cameras. But then the, the publishers, Pearson's, just said, they're not, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. You know, people... People just don't buy them. They just go on YouTube or, you know, whatever. So, um, what about the self-published, not not self-published routes, as in um, tangible holding your hand book with pages, as in um, a downloadable book, an e- e-book? Yeah, but I, I think he's on about picture books, like uh, a book of our photographs of our weddings. Mm. Uh, not our weddings. Well, I have had more than one wedding. I've had three. Um, but you know what I mean? <laughs> pictures of a book of pictures from weddings we've photographed well, rather than an educational one. Yeah. I think I think there is some merit in it, I have to say, but it's. Um, I think it would be very complicated because, um, you know, I'd feel – even though contractually probably not obliged, but I would feel like I would have to speak to every single client. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, all of yeah, that. I, I think that would be, and I always worry that if you go back a few years, you might be opening up a can of worms, you know, can I, yeah. oh, we're no longer married. I mean, I, I did go to that wedding not so long back where the husband had forgotten that he'd employed me for his first wedding. And when I, when I rocked up at his second, <laughs> did he look worried? Brilliant. Yeah, that is funny. Um, but I, I would, uh, yeah, I. It's time, isn't it? You know, we've got. I've got a long list of big projects that I'd love to do. But What's the biggest project in your long list of biggest projects that you'd like to do? Retiring. No, <laughs> that's not a project, Kev. I'm going to retire, and then that will last for the rest of my life, will which it? hopefully will be a very long time. That's a long tail project. But what? Yeah. Uh, right. The next project down that you'd like to do that's photographic. Uh, well, it's not some. Yeah, I mean. F- projects photographic projects like yeah it'd be lovely to do different things but i mean i'm thinking more about business typey things like writing a book or uh, an educational platform or various things like that you know presets uh, that you know they're the kind of things i, I have in my little to-do list yeah i would love we've talked about this again before you know if somebody said to you you know you've got six months where the kids aren't going to miss you and Gemma won't miss you and she won't, you're not going to run off with someone else or anything like that yeah. um and you know you don't have to worry about money what would you love to do and i, I would love to go with a musician and photograph you know all of the behind the scenes stuff Ooh, yeah, you've all said of that, that before, you know yeah. Yeah. that's what i'd love to do but it, you know it, everybody has dreams don't they well, i to mostly have nightmares yeah. <laughs> do you about you <laughs> that's nice thank you very much right i think we've got um time for one last question from Coob uh Coob cafe that's facebook kev just letters in different orders so it i was thinking so it doesn't i was gonna say something and I, was, I was thinking no because that would be really impolite because that's it might be an odd name but people are allowed to have odd names well i just don't want to annoy the that of uh, of, uh, of Gemma. <laughs> do you, you want to be called spider or Coob cafe <laughs> Coob, Coob cafe uh okay sorry i'll close facebook down now um 
uh, open the thing up again then. Uh, if it was okay. a book, it would be I've much got, easier. You wouldn't have to reboot it. I've got Gemma in trouble, haven't I? No, no, that's all right. Uh, she right, never okay. ever answers back uh, on my texts and stuff anyway. It's almost like... Oh, uh, it should have done that to mine either, don't worry. You don't send me cards, you don't say Happy Christmas. All gone, no, all gone, no. all gone. No, no. Right, let's go. Let's go. Oh, we got a whole... We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions from Paul Waring. Can we just so, do a short one? <laughs> pick, a, pick a number between one and seven. Seven. Right. Afternoon, Kev. Afternoon, Neil. You'll see I've posted a few questions. Correct. <laughs> Feel free to use one or all of them, although I imagine that would give me my own episode. What piece of gear do you have your eye on and why? Yeah. Are you likely to actually purchase it or is it a pipe dream? So, um, I.e., what, what would you like to get? Is this something that you, you need or something you just want to Oh, I don't get? know. He hasn't, he hasn't explicitly said that. but If it's a you know, need, I need another... XH2S, but if if an XH2 would be just as nice. Yeah, but that's, that doesn't that doesn't sound very because I just want to I want to have a full complement of of that camera in in the in the camera bag. What piece of gear do you have your eye on and why? And are you actually likely to purchase it, or is it a pipe dream? I would say. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I often kind of scan stuff, you know, and see things and think, ooh, like Kickstarter is a great place to, yeah. you know, to look and, and you see all these these amazing ideas and things. But, you know, I don't, I have to say, I don't really have much in the way of urges at the moment. Do you not? Know, oh, urge. Must be no. rage. Um, if anything, if, I sp- if there's anything that's that's kind of the thing that's tickling away in the back of my mind that I, I you know i might and i won't this is so this is one of those pipe dream things it's probably an audio it's it'd be like a, a high-end record player oh well that's a nice i've one, got Kev. a record player but it's not a high-end one um yeah. and i'm not going to do it high-end ones are usually very complicated they've got far too many weights and strings and bits of yeah wire exactly. and you need a like a some sort of science degree to under, understand where the, where the bits go. It's certainly an engineering degree. But I think that's very yeah. nice. I just thought of, yeah. I thought of a practical other one, Kev. I'd like, because um, I'm using more and more neutral density filters, I'd like to get a really, and I don't know which is the best system, a really good system where you can magnetically um, work with any size lens and that's a, in in Fujifilm land. So you know, sometimes you're working with titchy titchy lenses, right up to quite wide lenses. Mm. Um, a magnetic system for putting my um, my ND filters on. Anybody got a suggestion? <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, there, I'm sure there's systems out there. Yeah, right in. Let us know. Yeah, that's it for Hope this week. Um, if you'd like to send us a question through Facebook, how do we do it, Kev? <laughs> right, so you go to the Book of Face. No, and- you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was C A N T, by the way. You go to the thread. Yeah. You go to do the thread. Do, do you know what one hundred is in Welsh? And I don't want to know. No, <laughs> it's probably something horrible. Uh, every, the best thing to do, everybody. Oh, actually, no, I'm not going to say it. Don't, no, don't ask Google what 100 is in Welsh. No, don't. You have got 50 seconds left to tell us how to. In uh, go to go to go to Facebook, and uh, there's a pin thread at the top, <laughs> and you can just bang your questions in there, and we will get to them eventually. Right, and if you want to send it in by email, 
uh, by mail or e, then uh, you send them to click at fujicast.co.uk. Look after your animals this week, Kev. See you soon. Bye. The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.